I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for over 200 years. And we get to be alive in the time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe that the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America and that soon those involved are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4 a.m. talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and it's 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire as America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear that God has raised up an army of God, his remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And we finally will see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan and that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you. And I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today.
All right, here we are on Sunday, June 25th, and we are going to be getting into Word and Worship on this Sunday morning um, on, again, the June 25th, 2023. Um, it's going to be a beautiful time of making sure that we are just listening to some beautiful music, worshiping Him, getting our hearts right, and then studying the Word of God. I think it's a great way, it's just fun for us versus having 45 minute sermons or 50 minute sermons, right? <laughs> um, is actually just being and have the Spirit of God here, have the music going, having several short teachings um, instead um, with music in the background. Is this a different approach that we like to take to do word and worship to make sure you're worshiping? So that's what we're gonna start with. We're gonna start with a bunch of worship um, and uh, I'm going to lift this up in some prayer. We're going to be digging in today into Daniel 9. Again, we've gone through chapters two, uh, 1 through 8 in Daniel and studied wherever that jumped off to. Right? We jumped into Revelation a lot. We jumped into, uh, we're going to jump into here into Matthew and Mark and talk about what time are we in now, right? Uh, Daniel 9 doesn't necessarily give us too much more detail about that, but it shows the power of the prophetic book of the Bible and the prophecies, something that I teach in the reliability of the Bible that's vital is understanding how it proves it's a supernatural book because of prophecies and how they've come to pass or are unfolding. And we're going to see something that is, um, some people would say it's all come to pass in Daniel 9, and other people will say, it's some of it's come to pass and the last week is still unfolding is in the future we'll talk about those different viewpoints of daniel 9 but most importantly we're going to end with some new insights about why i believe we're in a time of going into a great harvest before the tribulation but we have to have our hearts right ready for the second coming at any time so those will be kind of the things we'll dig in today as we go into this with that i'm going to lift this up to prayer and then we're going to worship we're going to worship to a few beautiful songs and then get into Daniel 9 um, as the Holy Spirit comes and resides on all of us as we um, worship Him. Um, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the privilege of having your Word of God, the privilege of having this beautiful music that worships you. Um, Lord, the privilege of, of, of having Emma and the, the, the anointing on her to develop these videos that uh, link back to Scripture. Um, Lord, may we always, when we are singing and worshiping to you, understand where it's pointing to in the Word of God, and may it just amplify the Word and make it come alive for us. Thank you for the trip to Israel I just got back, which makes the Bible come alive as well. Lord, uh, may we use that knowledge for your benefit, and may the Holy Spirit fire fall down on anybody that's listened to my voice now, and may they come to just worship you and understand your Word as we move forward in Word and worship, Lord. We love you, and we say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we have some people backstage now. I wanted to invite you to come backstage as well. I wanted to let you know that um, we um, have a backstage ministry that is now completely free. We used to be more of a business that was $17.76 a month, kind of like the Patriot Movement, if you will. God clearly has called me into ministry now. That's why we're doing this on Sunday mornings. We also have a word and worship on Friday nights. If you've missed that, we're going to the book of John. But I want to invite you to be backstage for all these events. You can be backstage worshiping with us. You can be backstage sharing your testimony on praise and prayer, which we do Monday and Thursdays. You can be backstage and actually be part of a Zoom call with Amanda Grace and Julie Green and um, all these patriots, Clay Clark, all these patriots that we bring on, these Christian patriots. 
that love the Lord, SG and on, we're having come on. We had so many beautiful patrons. You can be part of that on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So it's a no-brainer. It's now a, f- a pay-forward model. You can create your backstage account for free. You could create it right now and be backstage with us live. Those of you listening to this live, if you're not listening to it live, get on for next time, Monday night, we'll be doing praise and prayer. It's a beautiful time to hear hear testimonies, hear praise reports, but also pray for specific prayer requests and see them come to fruition by the power of the Holy Spirit. So anyway, that is uh, something I'd love for you guys to be backstage. Again, it's free. Go to blessedteach.com. Blessed with the number two teach.com. Go to the backstage tab. Blessedteach.com. Go to the backstage tab. I'd love to have you as part of this. All right. Um, We're going to get started with a beautiful song, uh, How Great Is Our God, right? It's just about about making sure we have our, our... are focus correct before we dig into the word that we are focusing on these various things and every song that we play we we, we link back the lyrics of the song to scripture and you can see how how this one does it very obviously it says how great is our god there is none like you oh lord you are great and your name is great in might that's right that's jeremiah 10 6. we're gonna be talking about jeremiah and how daniel was reading jeremiah when he wrote chapter 9 of Daniel. It's beautiful. This song talks about the beginning and the end. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end of Revelation 21.6. We're going to be digging in a little bit to Revelation and what it talks about to kind of discuss where I believe we are in this time, these end times. The Lion and the Lamb. Revelation 5.5 says, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered but he's also the lamb from John 1.36. He looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, this is John the Baptist saying, behold, the lamb of God, as he sees Jesus, right? And uh, obviously he is the name above all names. That's where we use the authority and power of his name and the blood he shed for us. That's what I believe we need to do to come in alignment of the body of Christ with the head. Something that's gonna be really important for us in these times, because uh, they're gonna be trying times. Um, but we can be victorious if we use that power and authority. This says in Philippians 2.9, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Woo! How great is our God. Let's worship. The splendor of a king Clothed in man all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice.
there's none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Right out of Jeremiah. Uh, we're going to jump into another song. This is Surrounded, one of my favorites. It's about, this is how I fight my battles. So my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. And this is uh, just a beautiful part of the scriptures in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. And you'll see that the Lord uh, told Josephat to say, He appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy tire. And they went before the army. They're going to attack this huge up on this mountain. They had the high ground, they had the low ground going up from the high ground. And they put the praise band in front of the army. And what happened? And when they began to sing and praise, what you're doing with me now, the Lord sent an ambush against them who had come against Judah, so they were routed, and they helped to destroy one another. And they literally had three days of plunder to take. This is what we need to be doing now against this cabal, guys, against this globalist, is praise and thanksgiving, right? It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. So you do not be afraid, for those who are with us is more than those who are with them. This is when Elisha prayed and opened up the eyes of his servant. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. <laughs> this is beautiful if you really dig into... I uh, lost my cursor there. But if you really dig into the beauty of what praise and thanksgiving can do. This is why we do it before word and worship. Uh, before we really dig into the word, right? There's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. Psalm 23 5 says that and God's done this for us with his globalists he's prepared a table before the presence of these globalists right we can know he's with us and verse 4 says it's your body and your blood you shed for me and he took the bread gave thanks and broke it this is my body which is given for you the cup is a new covenant in my blood which is shed for you this is why we do communion we'll do every other week here on Sundays starting next week
My weapons are praising Thanksgiving. dig into the Word of God now, and uh, if you want to turn your Bibles, if you have them, to Daniel chapter 9. Um, that's what we're going to dig into right now. So we've gone through chapters 1 through 8, and the deep prophetic meaning is a lot of prophetic words, 
and uh, so what we're gonna do is um, talk about what has four different interpretations sometimes even five or six if you look at it so I think it's less important to understand the exact interpretation of Daniel 9 as it is to understand how awesome God is in telling Daniel exactly things are going to happen that clearly happened early on um, and whether it's futuristic or it's past is less important than to understand um, how prophecy is shown to be fi- be fulfilled or or unfolding right that's uh that's what we'll dig into here so let's jump into this we are we are in chapter we, we jumped into the detail over the last uh, month or so into the four kingdoms of daniel right the chapter two chapter seven chapter eight there's a lot of discussion about what the iron feet are here that we've said the fee of iron and clay i think it's the future i think it's 10 future kings and um and again, it, it, uh, there's different interpretations of this, but I just wanted to remind you that uh, what's important is that these things came to pass. And I believe that these gods of Babylonian gods and Persian gods and Greek gods and Roman gods are still existing in the secret societies, right? And they're going to try to come in and, and uh, obviously in the tribulation time to, to, to take power completely over the world. And they're going to be judged and lose. God wins. We know that. That's just a fact, right? That nobody's arguing that part. Um, whether Daniel 2 actually points or that is, is the great discussion. And chapter 9 of Daniel is real similar if we look into it, where it starts, um, it starts talking about the future from Daniel's perspective. And uh, whether it, some of the last part report w- w- points to the future um, or points to just what happened in, uh, uh, in, the, in the Old and New Testament times and ended is going to be a great discussion, right? So let's dig into this. Daniel's prayer for his people. In the first year of Darius, uh, the son of Asarius, by descent a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Now this was during King Cyrus. And there's a lot of discussion. Of, I, met, I imagine Darius is going to be found um, more archaeological expeditions. Every time we see that, we find information where the Bible's right and the critics are wrong. But this is the time of Cyrus. It could be Cyrus himself that they're talking about here, or it could be somebody he appointed king over just that area. In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So here is Daniel, a prophet, reading Jeremiah, which I think is really interesting. And if you look uh, a some of these some of these other things you'll look at uh, i love, love giving graphics sometimes i think it helps teach so much better a lot of times so if you look about this in the, the green there we see the kingdom of judah you had the the death of king josiah right you had that nebuchadnezzar attacks jerusalem um here and you had the babylonian captivity well jeremiah 25 and 29 talks about it being 70 years so we'll look at that in just a second and we'll see um that uh that you had a Jeremiah was was alive during Daniel's time um, for a good period of time right here and, and you'll see chapter two three four five which we've studied kind of shows the different time periods that Daniel wrote his prophecies during his lifetime so we think during chapter nine he's probably eighty plus years old you can see Ezekiel was living living during parts of Daniel's life as well um, but this is what Daniel was when he was writing chapter 9 we just read the first part of it he's reading Jeremiah and so let's go look at Jeremiah a little bit 
And so here's the 70 years of captivity. I'm not going to read all this, but uh, there's a key verse here that literally says down here in verse 11, uh, again, of chapter 25 of the 70 years of captivity from Jeremiah. It says, the, this whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then, after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. So now is that interesting? Right there, and this is the beautiful part of showing the Bible to be a, the, a literally a supernatural book, the only supernatural book from a perspective of, of, of God, and that, that is the fulfilled prophecies. So I always, always talking about reliability of the Bible class, right? Textual criticism shows us we know what the original writers wrote. Saying that the, the saying, saying that the Catholics change it is ridiculous. We have original manuscripts that have been copied and are closest to their originals than any other, right? So we know what the original writers wrote. A archaeology is proving uh, massively that critics are wrong all the time to attack the Bible, and the Bible and people like uh, uh, authors like like uh, Luke were correct. Just so many of them. Right, Old Testament and New Testament. And then P is prophecy, showing it's a supernatural book. Really, you can rely on the Bible. Study it. Let, let the living word of God come into you. It's a beautiful thing here. And here we see another thing about Daniel reading Jeremiah about 70 years, and it actually happened because why Cyrus uh, and, the, and the Medo-Persian Empire took over Babylonia. Nobody ever thought Babylonia would be overrun because it was so powerful. But no, exactly 70 years later, it, it did not, as we just showed right here um, in 538 BC, exactly 70 years that happened. Now, Daniel's writing that right before that, right? So he's writing this, and so he read about it, and he knows that it's, it's almost 70 years is almost up while he's writing this. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth of ashes. So he was in great mourning and, and understanding, and please, please don't let this extend past the 70 years, basically, right? I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession. And this is real important. Before we get into his prayer, I just want to go back. This is what we should be doing today. I like to always take prophetic words and, and reading and always apply it to how do we apply it to us today, right? And right now, we're, we're being overtaken by the globals uh, worldwide, right? It's really clear. They, they're attacking us from within. Uh, it's really ugly. So what do we do? We need to be praying. And 2 Chronicles 7.14 talks about that quite a bit. We dig into this, and it's a promise that I believe we need to believe and, and execute for today. It says, if my people who are called by my name, and many of you listen to me right now are that. You love the Bible. You trust the Bible. You love the Lord. Well, you are his people. You're the body of Christ. If my people who are called by my name, and you got to do three, um, do do four things to get beautiful. Three things. So let's 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 look at this. It says, what we should be doing? We should be humbling ourselves. That's the first thing. Humble ourselves to pray, just like Daniel's going to pray here. S seek my face. Really get to know God. Those who earnestly seek Him, He will reward. Right, and turn from our wicked ways. So those are the four things you need to do. Humble ourselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from our working ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's the three things. He will hear from heaven, number one. Number two, he will forgive our sin. And three, he will heal our land. 
So you want your land healed where no matter where you are in the world. I know the 25% of the people that watch my broadcast are international. And I know all of our lands need to be healed at this point in time. So let's do this. Let's just do what Daniel does as an example here. So what does he do? He's obviously humbling himself by putting sackcloth on, right? Um, he's fasting. That, that's all these are humbling, and etc. And then he's going to confess his sins and the sins of his country, and uh, and it's going to be cool because he actually gets visited by an angel right after that. <laughs> okay, so that is that is exciting to see how Daniel was uh, did these things and got almost an immediate answer. We always don't we don't always get that immediate answer, but. I believe he's answering it in an amazing way as he's exposing this cabal. So let's dig into how he prayed. He says, uh, he says, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love and keep his commandments. He starts with praise and thanksgiving, just like we did in this broadcast, right? You start with praise and thanksgiving. We have sinned, now he's confessing, and done wrong and acted wickedly in rebellion, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us shame at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery that they have committed against you. And boy, did we study that when we went through the kings, right? To see how all of the kings of, of Israel uh, were pretty much, the, the northern kingdom were, were pretty much all evil. I think there's one of the 19 that was had some good, all, all of them. And then most of even the, the kings of Judah as well, the southern kingdom, were also evil. Only like six out of the 25 or so were actually good kings. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, to our princes and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. The Lord, our God, belongs mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voices of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by the servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice, and the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses and the servants of God have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. And guys, so has America, host of many countries where abortion is rampant. We've taken the Bible out of schools. We've pretty much turned away from the Lord. It's time to repent for sure. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing us a great calamity. He's admitting that what God did was, was what he said he would do. For under the whole heaven, there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. And I was in Jerusalem just last week, and it was just so amazing to see um, how much of the temple still left there. But the first temple was literally destroyed completely. The first temple, uh, the Babylonians, there was not one stone left on another, right? It was just crazy. And then obviously um, it was rebuilt by Ezra and Nehemiah. And, uh, the, but I got to see the, uh, a good portion of the temple that's still there. Uh, the Western Walls, just, I used to think maybe the Western Walls kind of lets all that's left. There's a lot of it left. And it was really awesome to see. But he's talking about um, this desolation that came up, up on Jerusalem. This is obviously before Christ. So this, this was the first temple that was absolutely destroyed. 
uh, before Ezra, before Nehemiah, when he's, when he's praying here. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, as this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. Complete confession here of what I believe we need to do as well. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from the city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to this pleas for mercy and for your own sake, O Lord. Make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. That is so key here, guys. That's what we got to ask for is God's mercy. We don't deserve to be saved from these globalists, but with his great mercy, he will do it. Oh, Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, oh, my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. I believe that's what God's going to do is restore. It's like he restored his name here, if you will, when uh, he had the Babylonians taken over by Cyrus and Cyrus makes a decree to eventually have Nehemiah and Ezra go rebuild the temple and the walls around the temple. And so after this, we see Gabriel brings an answer to him. And this was many discussions and, and different interpretations of what time frames Gabriel's talking about. So we'll dig into that after we worship some more. Um, this beautiful um, just confession of, and, and, and humbleness and seeking God. You can see all of what 2 Chronicles 7, 14 just talked about. What we should be doing is what Daniel did. And God acted and literally sent him an angel to let him know that. Is that not awesome? Let's, uh, let's just understand that this God is worthy of it all. That's, he he given us mercy when we recognize that he's worthy of it all, right? And that's what we're going to sing right now. We're going to dig into another couple worship songs. This talks about all the saints and angels, they bow down before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing. This is all from Revelations 4.10, what's going to be happening here, where this is giving, this is giving God um, the praise and worship that he needs. And that is the four and twenty elders fall down before him and sat down to the throne and worship him that lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. This is what he deserves, right? He doesn't need us, but he, but, but this is what he deserves. We're going to get these crowns for what we do here on earth, but then we're going to just cast them at his feet. For from you are all things, and to you are things. Talking about Jesus here. Again, Revelations 4.11, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things. And 
for your pleasure. They are and were created. And this is a, probably my favorite part of the song where it starts to get into day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Remember, incense is, according to scripture, the prayers of the saints. It's your prayers, right? So it's important to be praying right now. For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. We're going to be talking about that time we are now. It's time to be praying, guys. It's time because we're going to see all nations come to him and they're all going to bow their knee to him. He is worthy of it all. All the saints and angels, they bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crowns before of God and see praise and worthy. worthy of it
prayers, incense. Be still know that I am God. Exalted among the nations, I will be exalted on the earth. Deserves the glory, just like Daniel in his speaking here um, in Daniel chapter 9. He knows where the glory resides. We're going to get into another song that's just kind of a fun song uh, that talks about uh, in Daniel's time, or Ezekiel wrote, right? He said, This is the sound of dry bones rattling. And I prophesied there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Eventually, breathe life into them and they became an exceedingly great army right <laughs> this is all about the rattling of the bones um praise make a dead man walk again open the grave i'm coming out i'm gonna live again the man who had died talking about lazarus came out jesus said to them unbind him and let him go john 11:44. this is talking about that resurrection power and it's talking about how there can be miracles here in this room even today Luke 24, 36, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. This is the resurrected Christ, right? He lives today. And while we have that resurrection power today, and we need to understand that, that we can use the authority and power of Christ 
in this Pentecostal fire, stirring something new, you're not going to run out of miracles anytime soon. When the day of Pentecost arrived, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like mighty rushing wind, and divided tongues of fire rested on each one of them. That's in Acts 2, 1 and 3. That same Holy Spirit is alive today. Let's sing worship Him with rattle. Saturday was silent, surely it was through. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Friday's disappointment, it's Sunday's empty tomb. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? This is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise, make a dead man walk again. Open the grave, I'm coming out. I'm gonna live, gonna live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it.
you have been healed. and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock and whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Woof. Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now we're going to dig into the rest of uh, Daniel chapter 9. We're in Daniel chapter 9. Again, we just saw the humbleness, the turning away from his sins, really uh, confessing his own sins, turning away from his wicked ways that Daniel's doing. He had sackcloth on, he was fasting. Um, he's really digging in to um, the Lord. And we saw, we saw, I was showing you this earlier, the time that this was right we had ezekiel who we just talked about he lived from 595 to 574 bc or at least he was recording his uh his uh information there and so that's we see the dead the, the dry bones rattling and coming to life in his vision right so this is the power of the prophetic word the power and authority of the holy spirit was back here and obviously it really came down and it gave it, that helper came to us specifically yeah, as Jesus said, he left to the Father. He says in John 14, 12, that you will do the works that I do. You will do even greater works. Why? Because he went to the Father and sent down his Holy Spirit to us. So aligning the body of Christ, understanding our authority and power is going to be critical for us. 
and that same resurrection power, you will, that is that we just sang about is going to be happening. And then we're now digging into chapter 9, where they were in Babylonian captivity. Daniel's prayed, humbled himself. And then what happened after that? This is kind of exciting. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So, guys, this is just really cool that you know at the beginning of the pleas for mercy. So when we pray, this is that incense we were singing about as well. Let incense arise. It's the prayers of the saints, right? Beginning of the pleas that he had because he was doing it correctly with the humbleness, seeking God, worshiping him and also confessing his sins, right? A word went out and I have come to tell you that you are greatly loved. So I believe that if you guys pray, if you're doing those in humbleness, you're turning away from, you're confessing your sins and you're just asking him, it's, it's heard. And you can be assured that you are greatly loved. You are greatly loved and your prayers are heard. Especially if you've, you're really doing it in, the, in a humble way and this talks about the 70 weeks um, that is probably one of the most controversial parts of the entire Bible. There's actually four different interpretations of the timelines here. But there's a couple that are pretty consistent that I'll, I'll talk to you about. Um, again, but this is, there's some parts of this that this amazing accuracy of fulfilled prophecy, right? So let's dig into this. 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression. And uh, you'll see, or sevens, it may not be seven weeks, and a lot of people um, uh, look at this as years. As you really dig into the details, it's amazing what this points to, right? Or sevens, also twice in verse 25 and 26. So um, I'm gonna start over here. 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression. That's that 70 years that we're talking about, right? Um, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal both vision and profit and to anoint the most holy place know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of the anointed one this is literally using if you go back to Hebrew the word Messiah and in fact, if you go to other translations here, like there's a King James Version, I think right here, it's actually using the word Messiah on verse 25 and 26, you'll see. So I want to make sure that this is one of the only places in Old Testament that it's using this specific terminology. So know therefore that understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of the anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks then for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat but in a troubled time and after 62 weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing so this is basically 
again, the anointed one, the Messiah, is being cut off. All right. Again, back to the King James Version, after three, seven, nine, two weeks, shall the Messiah be cut off. So I think this part of the prophecy is pretty obvious. It's going to talk about the, the, the coming of the Messiah and the crucifixion. Right? Um, so this is what incredible prophecy we're getting. Is that just not awesome? So here we are again on verse 26. And after the 62 weeks, an anointed one, the Messiah, shall be cut off and shall have nothing and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and we know that the that the temple was destroyed in AD 70 right and some people think it's talking about that other people think it's talking about the future of the seven years of tribulation we'll discuss that a little bit as we go its end shall come with a flood and to the end there shall be war desolations are decreed and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week for and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering so again this points to different things some people talk about this week being the seven years uh, where the messiah is cut off and it ends in AD 70 and this last week um, dispensationalist and futurists will point that to being the final uh, week uh, the define that final three and a half years of the tribulation the first half and the second half right and one and on the wing of the abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator this last statement you know uh, the preachist who talks about this has already happened we're, we're going to be talking about that being just the, the things we're going through now that all this has been fulfilled in the past while um, futurists and dispensationalists will always be talking about this being the second coming when boom i mean all in the revelation after the tribulation um god wins right he sends, sends he, he the devil is defeated and everybody's going and he's going to bow to to the to the lord so this uh this is a, an interesting part again that has many interpretations again um and uh just to just like here's an article the 490 years of daniel 9 so you basically take all those the, those those uh, all right just muting muting somebody backstage okay the 490 years of daniel 9 again there's four major interpretations of this i'm not going to get into this detail I just want to let you guys know that you kind of have to study on your own let know have the spirit of god in you and just read and study that i think that god does this on purpose many times everything's not perfectly lined up so that we will study it and we will come to understand and get to know him better spending time with him what is is important and uh some of these passages here are getting us to think for ourselves you know it kind of reminds me a little bit about what 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 i believe the lord's wanting us to do right now is think for ourselves and not accept all this propaganda from the babylonian media right uh, it's very important to think for yourself as you're studying this so don't just take my word of what what daniel 9 is saying there at the end study it on your own and then here's one one interpretation kind of looks at this it looks at the first seven weeks the 49 years is when the word to restore jerusalem came right and then four or six jerusalem was rebuilt this is when nehemiah and uh, ezra built the temple and then nehemiah built the the walls around it and then the 62 weeks um, this is what's cool almost all interpretations are, are consistent um to to where this has something to do with the messiah obviously it's talking about the messiah right the messiah arrives in 29 ad and it's cut off in the midterm of that right so when this is when he started his ministry 
and it, it, most people think it's around 29 AD. And then the first three and a half years, you know, and then all of a sudden he is crucified. And then they're talking about this last, this last part being here, the end of the 70 weeks is here. Others have different timelines that have this being 70 AD when it when 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 uh, it's cut off. But there's again, there's a lot of different interpretations. Here's here's one I probably hold to the most. I'm more of a futurist dispensationalist. If you if you do that, hey Renee, please stay unmuted. Please stay muted. Um, so anyway, the 70th the 70th week of Daniel, and so what you see here is. Um, this decree that was made in 440 BC, seven, uh, seven weeks would be the 49 years, and the 62 weeks would come right at 33 AD. So all, almost all these are showing this eerie, almost precise prophetic words going into the time of the Messiah, whether it's his coming or whether he's being, and almost everybody understands the cutoff, being the crucifixion, right? Um, now that we have, we're in this 2,000 year church age, is what I believe, unless you're a pretist where you think you were in the 1,000 years of, of, of uh, the millennial already, which I don't agree with. I'll, tell, I'll explain to you why I don't agree with that. Um, and they, they think the 1,000 years is just a period of time. That's because it's been 2,000 years already, right? Um, I really believe it's very clear that the things in Revelation are future and have not happened yet um, from chapter 6 through 19, which is the tribulation, I believe. Okay, um, just uh, pretests won't agree with that. But again, different people have different views of this. Study it for yourself. The most important thing to know is that we have a coming Messiah that's going to win this battle. Um, but I also think it's important to figure out where are we now and why and what are the prophets saying that I've been talking about with the, that are talking about this great exodus. And it's, and so I want to dig into that a little bit because I think that's important. And um, even though all of Daniel 9 here really doesn't talk much about the times we're in now, it's, it's talking about obviously the crucifixion that he's cut off. It's also talking about great destruction, which is either going to happen in AD 70, according to their pretest, right? Or is going to happen in the great tribulation, which has not come, I don't believe yet. That's, uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. So, so Daniel 9 doesn't give us really any clarification on what, are, what time are we living in today. Um, and that's what I want to dig into now. So let's, let's talk about that. And I think it, it can apply to that. So here's a, here's a couple different views. Again, there's many other views as well. Here's the, here's the timeline. I believe that's true. Um, but it doesn't really detail at the time we're in now. And so that's what I'm going to take it. So I've talked to you about this chart before. And again, I'll have this in my show notes. You'll get it Tuesday morning. I, I put it, I combined my Sunday notes with my Monday notes. So um, if you get to, I, I, you get the show notes for free, just go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two, teach.com. And make sure you sign up for the show notes on that front page. And then you'll be emailed each Tuesday through Friday morning, all my show notes from the week, okay? And so we talked about the, this Daniel 2, 7, and 8 that uh, talked about these different periods of time, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire. And obviously when Christ was crucified, the Roman Empire went for hundreds of more years, right? So uh, the, he came not for vengeance and the military uh, takeover. He came to save us from our sins. Um, and you can see here he was crucified at, uh, at, at this point in time. Then he resurrected the great resurrection of the living Christ. That's that resurrection power we're talking about. It's a beautiful time. And it talks about that we also have this AD 70 where the Romans destroyed. A lot of people point back to Daniel 9 there. And then you had Revelation was written, right? Which talked about 
you know, especially the, the, the churches at that point in time, showing them the tr struggles we were having, which gives us great insight to the churches of today, by the way, if you go read the first part of Revelation. And then obviously you have 6 through 19 that goes through, I believe, the Great Tribulation and, um, and talks about what's going to happen in the future. And so we have this big church age going on here, and uh, the Jews actually continue to return to the homeland. This is beautiful in 1948 where we see that happen. And so what this says is you are here. There are no prophecies that need to be fulfilled before Jesus comes for his people. Yet no one knows the day or the hour. So Matthew 24, 36 talks about that. We need to be awake, waiting for any point in time. The second coming could come. Therefore, be on the alert for you do not know the hour or day which the Lord is coming. Right? And so it's talking about we're being here. And this is saying that it's going to be the rapture. This is pre-rapture. It could be mid-rapture, post-rapture, um, you know, many, many different interpretations of this. But uh, this talks about the resurrection of church believers and talks about what there are. I believe there's a lot going to happen right now before the, tri the tribulation, before any rapture, whether it's pre, mid, or post. Um, and, and I believe we have more insight because of the prophetic words from Kim Clement and many others about this great awakening and this great exodus and this great harvest. And, that's, and I've talked about that. That's where, where I think we are. And I have a little bit more, more to talk to you about and, uh, than what I've talked to you about in past weeks. And I don't have the time to get, go into the detail of this because we just studied all chapter 9, right? But this is uh, the reign of the Lord's anointed out of Psalm 2. Beautiful. It clearly is talking about today, in my opinion, because it says, When do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. And the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us burst their bonds and cast away their cords upon us. That's exactly what I believe is happening today. I believe this applies to multiple points in time, right? This was written um, uh, uh, quite a long time ago where it could be pointing to, toward many other things. I think the Tower of Babel was before this, but it's similar to that type of thinking, right? Where they're raging against the, the, the Lord and the, are the anointed. And they were his anointed, I believe. And this uh, talks about God is not worried. He's laughing at this. So you can be in peace. God's laughing at this, okay? He who sits on the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he can speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have sent my king on Zion and my holy hero. I tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And remember, we are the body of Christ, right? The, the church is the body of Christ. It says, And so this is what we're supposed to be doing right now, I believe. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. I've talked to you about this before. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So this is a key passage. It's in Psalm 2.8. And I will make nations your heritage and the ends of your earth your possession. I believe this is going to happen before the tribulation. Okay? I believe that's what's just pointing to. And even when, when Jesus read Isaiah 61, remember he ended and stopped saying that this is the year of the Lord's favor. He stopped before, right in the middle of a verse, before the vengeance. This now vengeance of the Lord, the line of Judah is going to be coming, I believe. And just like in the end of Psalm 2, it says, Blessed are those who take refuge in him. That's what we need to be doing right now, is taking refuge in him. And if you read all through the rest of 61, it's beautiful. This is the morning for dancing. This is all the beautiful promises that we have that are going to be happening. It even talks about the great wealth transfer in here. And then at the very end, it says, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all nations. This is what I believe is our time, is that 
all nations and all people groups are going to have to come to say the word of Jesus. And, and, you, can, and you could argue, oh, all, all the nations have, the, 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 the gospel has been preached to all the nations. Not at all. If you look at the real terminology it's using here, it's talking about people groups. There's a thing called the Joshua Project. And I, I have tons of notes on here I'll be sharing with you as well that talks about revelation and everything and um, talks about a lot of what what uh, uh, these beautiful things are. But there's things called the joshuaproject.net. And this talks about the number of people groups there are. And uh, if I go back, I'm gonna come back here a little bit here. Again, we talked about Psalm 2. We talked about Isaiah 64, right? Where, I mean 61, where Jesus, Jesus did not do the vengeance part of it yet. And then you look at it, uh, Ephesians 25 saying, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Do you think our current church state is, is without blemish and spot? Of course not, right? So this is a key part of, of why I believe we are going to have this whole great harvest across all people groups. So, so uh, if you look at... Um, here, here's the signs of the end of the age in Matthew. It talks, and the, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is Jesus talking in red letters. And the gospel of kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So the, the, the gospel has to go everywhere first. And if you'll see in Revelations, and this is talking about the scroll and the lamb in Revelation 5, it says um, when, when, it, when the, the, the lamb is, is, is worthy to open up the scrolls, it says, By your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Again, that's tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Many people think this verse is talking about the future of when the new heaven and new earth comes. I believe it's talking about now. Okay, and, and uh, later in chapter 7, it gets into the future part of that. And so uh, this, this is Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages. So this is a constant thing. When we're talking about nations, he's talking about tribes, peoples, languages, right? Standing before the throne and before God, clothed in white robes. Now this is clothed in white robes. So this is talking about the martyrs during the tribulation. This is talking about the future uh, of the martyrs in, in the tribulation. This does not talk about white robes here in, in chapter 5. By your blood you have ransomed. This is to me, the, 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 he came in his first coming. He ransomed people for God in every tribe and language and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God and shall reign. So here, right before we go into the tribulation, in chapter 6 through 19, I believe, he's talking about us taking possession of the land. This is consistent, in my opinion, with Psalm 2. So, guys, this is exciting if you think about this. That, and and uh, I think it's vital that we understand that there's 17,444 people groups that go by this definition. And you can find this on joshuaproject.net. It'll be in the show notes too, joshuaproject.net. And it shows we've only reached um, less than 58%. 
42.3% of the people have not heard the gospel, these people groups. Not to mention all the people in America and in all our nations right now that, that, are, that are lost. I believe God's going to do a, the great harvest because we still have to reach 42% and also all the people who are lost in our nation. And they're going to hear the gospel clearly in this time. This is what we have to prepare for. So I'm encouraging you right now to understand, regardless of what your interpretation is, just get into the word, understand what he's doing. And I believe he's going to align the body of Christ to understand the power, that resurrection power we were singing about. We're, he's going to to that Pentecostal fire, right? You don't have to be a Pentecostal by definition. You just have to understand that God doesn't change, that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised the dead bones that we were just singing about, that power is within each of us. That's why he said he, we will do greater works than he. Greater works than Jesus? Are you kidding me? That's what John 14, 12 is all about. It's why? Because he's got to reach all these un, un, unfound people, these people groups that are unreached. Why? He, who's he going to use? He's going to use his body. Who's the body? It's you and me, the body of Christ. We need to align, understand our power and our authority in the name above all names. We need to understand the power of the blood he shed for us, but that power and authority of his blood and his name, the name above all names, we can do mighty things greater than him as we work together. We need unity in the body. That's what we need right now, unity. And we need to go reach these unreached people right here. It's gonna be an exciting time. And again, I'm just gonna come back to Revelation 5, it clearly says, by the blood you've been ransomed before God, before every tribe and language and people and nation. And Jesus clearly said that, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We got work to do. So regard, you got to be ready. Oh, be awake for Jesus to come at any time, right? That's obvious. The gospel says we don't know the time or the hour. But I think it's clearly also teaching us we got work to do. Let's come into unity as the body. Let's understand our power and authority we have in his name. And let's go through the greater works of Jesus, which means we are going to reach all those unreached people groups. Is that not an exciting time? That's the time we're living in, I believe. It's a time to open our eyes to that. It's time to really open our eyes to that, I believe. And so let's open our eyes to the heart of what God's trying to teach us right now. Right? Um, this is a song that's just beautiful that talks about having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That's why we sing in word worship and worship Him while we're learning. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? I have a class in Impactor for Truth that helps you find your calling. You can see that at blessedteach.com. Go to the training tab. Love to have you guys join that as well. Again, that is training from um, blessedteach.com. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Isaiah 57 talks about, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. That's the power and authority we need to start using. And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as snow. Well, he's going to be high and lifted up. And he's going to pour out our power and love on us. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? It's immeasurable. According to the working of his great might, 
Anyone who does not love God does not know because God is love in 1 John 4 and Ephesians 1 19. Let him pour the power and authority down on us and let's come into unity and reach these unreached people group. And then we're going to end up singing holy, holy, holy. It's a Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And in Revelation, we're going to be, future, we're going to be saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Let's open the eyes of our heart. We want to see things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see. Lift it up. Let me hear you. Open the eyes of my heart.
to the hour and a half here but we will uh, just have a little bit of time if you have any questions so type them into the chat or come backstage and ask any questions and or any thoughts you have on the teaching we'll just do that for a few minutes but I first want to get into raise a hallelujah right? this is about faith having enough faith to understand what's really going on here remember hallelujah is a compound word and hallelujah meaning a joyous praise and song and job refers to Yahweh God so you put it together and it says, we joyfully praise God in song. So when we say hallelujah, that's what we're saying. We joyfully praise God in song. Just like Psalm 95 says, oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And back into the in presence of our enemies. Right now it's tough times with this globalist trying to take over everything, to destroy everything, right? But God has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. So your cup overflows with the beauty you've given us. <laughs> uh, our weapon is a melody. This is consistent. Weren't we singing about this? Our weapon is praise and thanksgiving. It's a melody. Back in 2 Chronicles, remember he put the, he put the praise band in front of the army in holy attire as they went before the army. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent an ambush against the men who had come against Judah so that they were routed. And they destroyed one another. You want the goal was to destroy one another? This is exactly what we need to do right now. And heaven comes to fight for me. You shall not fear, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. He's fighting for us. Let's raise a hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah In the presence of my enemies A hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a
Alright. Um, something to think about, huh? It's just really digging into our re- at the times we're in. Most of the prophets are talking about this period of time where amazing things are going to happen, right? They're talking about the great wealth transfer. They're talking about the great awakening. They're talking about the great exodus. But most importantly, almost all of these prophets are lining toward the great harvest, right? That's going to happen, I believe, pre-tribulation, pre um, pre any type of rapture. So it's time for us to align together. It's time for us to understand the power and authority that we really have and really go reach these people groups that haven't been reached and reach all our loved ones that haven't been reached and just reach all the people that are lost and been lied to by the prophets of Baal. God is not going to let these prophets of Baal and all this propaganda and all this media um, keep him from assembling a huge multitude of people from every nation and tribe and tongue. And we get to be part of that. We get to be part of that. It's going to be beautiful. So make sure that you guys are going to blessedteach.com to get the show notes for everything I'm showing you. Blessedteach.com, blessedwithnumber2teach.com. There on the front page is the show notes. It's also where you can be backstage and get the free backstage pass. It's part of the pay-forward model. You can also get into the free neighborhood, which is really where we're assembling. That's also where the training is. So if you really want to understand what your calling is and really understand how to bond and red pill your friends and family, as well as share the gospel with them and the reliability of the Bible. All those pieces are in a training course that you get in the training tab. All this at blessedteach.com, blessedwithnumber2teach.com, so make sure you visit there. Also, uh, more people need to, to understand the, how unity is important and what the times we are in now. So share this video, make sure you, you put the thumbs up and uh, let's get this uh, word out. Um, love you guys a ton. And I, I do, we do have some comments in here, but no, no real questions or discussion, it looks like. Uh, what ama- it says, oh, Lord, what an amazing God you are, says DJ on Rumble. I see. Thanks, Rick, for bringing the word of God to the people. God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. Uh, that's beautiful. And I see uh, another person talking about uh, Matthew 24, about how bad the tribulation period is going to be. That's, I agree with that. Uh, Nancy's talking about Matthew 25 and the virgins as well. But uh, I see other people saying, uh, yeah, I've got a lot to chew on. Um, great teaching. Lots of notes to dig into my personal devotion time. Says a couple of people backstage. It's a beautiful thing to do. He wants us to use our minds, search the scriptures just like the Bereans did. Remember Acts 17, 11 talks about, about uh, the Berean Jews were more noble character than Thessalonica. Why? Because they received the news with great eagerness and they searched the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So search the scriptures today to see if what I'm saying is true, right? To look at the words and uh, and un- try to understand what times are we in? Are we gonna be going through this great harvest? I really believe we are. Let's unify, let's understand the power we have. Let's align as the body of Christ with the head. We align with Jesus and amazing things are gonna happen. With that, I would love you guys and we will catch you uh, Monday night praise and prayer. Remember, we have the show every Monday through Friday. It says at 5 p.m. CST. But we have events after the show every Monday through Friday. Friday at 5 p.m. we do uh, CST. We do word and worship on, on, the, on the Gospel of John. We're on chapter 9 going to 10. And then we will be doing word and worship. We'll keep continuing on the book of Daniel and the end times teachings. God bless you guys. With that, We'll talk to you on Monday. Love you all.